Two out of three falls. As always, I'm joined by Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report here on the Cruise Control Podcast. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant, the host of WrestleRant Radio. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Nothing much, Randy. Nothing much. How about yourself? Doing good. We are taping this on Thursday, February 9th. Uh, snow day here in the, the Northeast. You're in Connecticut. I'm in New York, so a lot of kids had no school today, so I know that must have been uh, great for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm appreciating it. I'm just you know, taking the day to watch some old WWE Network shows, some old pay-per-views, you know, some classic in-your-house pay-per-views. Woohoo! So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Oh, man. Which in-your-house pay-per-views were you watching? I was watching, dude, some of the early ones were god-awful. Like, the 95 shows are fucking terrible. But I was Very. watching when they get better in 96. I think I just got finished watching number seven with uh, Michaels and Diesel, which was great. That was, uh, don't tell me, don't tell me, uh, good friends, better enemies, right? Yep, yep, from April 96, you got it. Yeah, that was, that was the last time we saw, was it? No... No, I could be wrong. I, I, was I think that see. was the last appearance of Razor, I'm pretty sure, and Diesel, I think. Yeah, last... Yeah, that was the last pay-per-view for both Razor and Diesel. I know I know, it was somebody left, right? Mm-hmm. I know Warrior was part of that pay-per-view, but he was at King of the Ring two months after that, so... Yep. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, yeah, Warrior after that, but yeah, one of his final appearances there, yeah. Wow, classic in your house, April '96. Uh, for those who hear the show, you want to go <laughs> check it out. Go check out a, a a wrestling mat classic with Shawn Michaels and Diesel. It actually is pretty good. I mean, one of Diesel's better matches in the company, so I can't shit on it. But it was actually a pretty good match. Pretty good match, I will say. But um, we do have Elimination Chamber up this Sunday. Uh, just two weeks removed from the Royal Rumble, so they're they're moving quick, moving fast with these pay-per-view shows. So um, I got you on. We're going to preview all the matches, and I think we have about seven on the card. I'm not sure if any of these uh, will make the pre-show, but as it stands right now, we had, we do have seven on the card. So let's get right to it. Uh, we got Apollo Cruz and Callisto against Dolph Ziggler in a 2-on-1 handicap match. I know you're very excited to see this. Um <laughs> who do you have? Uh, I mean, can you kind of explain to me why they did a, a two-on-one handicap match as opposed to a triple threat or just a basic one-on-one? Uh, I mean, are you excited for this at all? Not really. I mean, I really hope they just put this on the kickoff show, and I think they will have seven matches, and SmackDown's gotten away with six matches you know, on a paper before, so I hope they move this to the kickoff show at the last minute. But in terms of my excitement for it, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this whatsoever. I like Ziggler as a heel, but I don't know what they've been doing with him recently. Like, losing to Kalisto, he beats Kalisto, we lose to the Cruz, and he beats him up. It feels like no one is benefiting from this whatsoever. And in a scenario where the heel has the odds stacked against him two-on-one, it makes no sense. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really a fan of this feed whatsoever. Honestly, could not care less who goes over. I assume Ziggler wins by some stretch of the imagination. He needs a heel, he needs a heel win at this point whether it be clean, dirty, or whatever. Um, but here's hoping it's part of the kickoff show, because I don't think anyone cares about this match for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not even trying to find a way to care for it. I, I did see it, uh, it announced on SmackDown, but trying to figure out, okay, what's the point? Like, if, if it's not a triple threat or contenders match for the IC title or something, it was just, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, That's cool. what I was thinking. Like, if they're going to make it a triple threat, I mean, it wouldn't make that much sense because Kalisto and Cruz are friends. But uh-huh. like as you said, if you put something on the line like a future IC title match, then it makes sense, which is why I wish they would have done that instead. Yeah, and plus, there's no plans to make Cruz or Kalisto, you know, put a put a heel turn when Dolph just had a heel turn, and all uh, both mm-hmm. Cruz and Kalisto are going going after after Dolph. So I'm trying to find the what's the main point of this? Yeah, I mean, we do get a handicap match. Yeah, so what? I have no. Uh, I, I'm not even sure who's, who's going to win because I just really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'll say Ziggler wins by flip the coin. It really does not matter. But like, if there was something on the line, maybe I would care a little bit more, but there's not. It's a freaking handicap match. So two on one, say baby faces might win. It honestly does not really matter. All I hope to God is that on Sunday they finally debut new attire and music for Ziggler because by this point, 
I don't know why they haven't changed it already. Maybe they're in the process of making new music because he is not going to get over as a heel until he completely changes everything that made him separate from as a baby face. So I, I'm, I'm really hoping to do that soon. So who do you have going over in this match? In the handicap match? Yeah. I have Ziggler winning. I barely. Like I said, I really don't care either way. I mean, it very could well, very well could go either way, but I'll go Ziggler winning now. All right, fuck it. I'll pick Dolph Ziggler too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. maybe, maybe, maybe it'll 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 bring a turn where Dolph would win and Callisto and, and Cruz would have like a little argument or whatever. And then boom, you start your Cruz Callisto program, and then Dolph can go on to somebody else. Maybe they they'll they'll play it out like that. Yeah, I can see that. I could see them building to like another multi-man ladder match and Mania for the IC title, which, again, does not interest me at all. I know we've seen this past two years. Mm. The match is usually really good, but it's like the match, the title at Mania, the IC title anyway, in my opinion, should be at least a one-on-one match, if not a, no, no, a triple threat, if not a one-on-one. Um, so that being said, I really do not want to see another fucking seven-man ladder match with Polisto and Cruz and people that fans just do not care about. And I would hope they get put in the Battle Royal instead, so... Even Ziggler, like at this point, with all the money match we've been talking about for months here on the show in terms of what they might be doing at Mania, Ziggler does not fit into, into those plans whatsoever. So I assume he ends up in like the Battle Royal you know, again this year, which to me I don't really care about because I feel like there's really not many fresh views left for Ziggler, heel or face. So that's what I see happening with him you know, beyond this pay-per-view on Sunday. And next we got Becky Lynch against Mickey James. Uh, you know, Mickey James did cost Becky Lynch the opportunity to win the, the the title back from Alexa Bliss a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think this will be, if I'm not mistaken, Mickey James' first singles match while, since coming back. She's, she's been in, in a few tag matches. So uh, the return of Mickey James against Becky Lynch, uh, who do you have in this match? I'm going to go with Nikki James. I think, you know, as you said, her first singles match back, she lost the Rumble, which was fine. She wasn't pinned. Same thing on SmackDown two days later. She has, she has yet to technically be beaten or at least pinned one-on-one. Um, Becky is a lot better in chase mode and babyface mode and getting beaten and beaten and beaten than to ultimately pick up that big victory down the line. So if she loses here, she loses absolutely nothing in defeat. So I'm going to go Nikki James to maintain her heel heat, and she's been doing a great job as a heel. That contract signing on Tuesday was great involving all four women in the uh, two top prominent women's matches on Sunday. So I got Nikki James going over to kind of further that feud heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go with Mickey. Uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm just more of a fan of her than Becky Lynch. Um, I think she she brings a lot of value to coming back to, to the company and to SmackDown. It just bolsters that, that, that division. And, and, and as you can see, when you watch Raw and SmackDown, Raw just focuses on... on pretty much four, four females, and SmackDown focuses on all six. And, and as you can see, uh, all six um, have matches on, on, on Sunday. So um, I think the, you know, the reinvention of Mickey James or whatever she called it, calls it is, is going to be great for her. I think she, she's great on the microphone, great as a heel. Um, can really be, uh, can really benefit from uh, from from Becky Lynch and, and vice versa, and I think I know we're jumping the gun here, but uh, I think down I think maybe if they really want to give her a chance, I think by summertime she could be the champion. Uh, I don't know what direction they want or you know they're gonna put her in, but with her at her age, with um, her experience, former former champion in the past. And really, her she she wants to come back to re reinvent herself. Let everybody know, or just just to remind people, like this is what I used to do back in the day. And without me and like the, the leaders and and the Trish Stratus of the world, there is no current women's revolution. And I think she she will start mm-hmm. that on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the whole reasoning behind the heel turn and coming back and everything that she's been saying since she returned, I think is great. Like I said, I thought the promo on Tuesday, the contract signing was amazing with basically what, with what you just said, saying that she was the leader of the whole women's revolution, started with her and Trish, blah, blah, blah. Becky comes in, blah, 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 steals all her thunder. I think the basis of this storyline is great. And I'm not mad at all they're giving away the match on Sunday as opposed to waiting it out until WrestleMania because I assume a mania, not that I assume, I hope so anyway. 
the match will be Nikki, Becky, and Alexa in a triple threat. I assumed it would be Alexa and Nikki for the belt, which is a direction they could still go in, but from what I've heard, it doesn't seem like that's the plan for Mania. So a triple threat involving all these three women. And Becky and Alexa obviously have their history as well, as opposed to like another fucking six-woman you know, six pack challenge or something, which I feel like would be a waste. I mean, they all, they utilize all their women on the show. Um, but at WrestleMania to get everyone on the card to me, you should earn your spot in the show. I don't want to see another, you know, another seven man women's match or seven man IC title ladder match. Like I said, so, um, in regards to Nikki though, I think she should be champion by the summer, either by turning on bliss or vice versa. She can work as a face, work as a heel. I think Nikki on smack and it's definitely for the better. Needless to say, going forward. All right. We also have the SmackDown Women's Championship between Alexa Bliss and Naomi um, on the card. Um, I'm going to go with Alexa because I think she's going to be the one walking into WrestleMania as a champion, whether it's a one-on-one, triple threat, fatal four-way, whatever it is. Um, I like the direction that she's going. I like her as a heel. Um, Naomi, it, it started started to get that that momentum back, but I think it'll be too early for her to to win the belt. I will go with Alexa Bliss on Sunday. Who do you got? Yeah, I got Alexa Bliss retaining too. I think it's way too soon. I mean, she's been champion for two months at this point, but Naomi is not the right person to take that title off of her. Um, while I do believe Naomi will be a champion at some point down the line because she has the skill, she's slowly getting over. I think this might be the most over she's ever been. In her entire career as a baby face, the whole glow-up entrance, I think, is great for her. Um, but that being said, I mean, they gave me more of an incentive to think that she might win on Sunday to not headline WrestleMania, but to walk into WrestleMania as the SmackDown Women's Champion, considering it's in Orlando, and that's where she's from. So I'm glad they did that on Tuesday. They didn't change my prediction. I still think Bliss is going over, but I'm glad they did that to make me think that there's a chance that Naomi might win. So again, the little things that SmackDown does, I think, is great. Um, but the match should be good. Alexa Bliss is firing in all cylinders right now. She should be the one walking into Mania as the SmackDown Women's Champion. So she's my pick to win here. All right. Who else we got here? Nikki Bella, uh, Natty. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got, man? Who do you got in this match? I mean, I will say, I mean, while I do think the match will be a dud, um, they did this match at a SmackDown house show that I went to and night after Christmas in late December, and no one freaking cared. But that being said, the feud has exceeded my expectations. Um, what they did on Tuesday, the little side-by-side interview thing I thought was good, the brawls they've had. You know, Natalia relying too heavily on the whole John Cena, help you get your spot in the company thing, got, you know, is wearing a little bit thin if it hasn't already by this point. But mm-hmm. I think the feud has been better than a lot of people, myself included, thought it would be. As for the match, I don't really care too much about it. Again, nothing at stake, which is fine. Um, but I do think Nikki is on her way out, at least on a part-time basis coming out of WrestleMania. It would be foolish to not have her win here. Natalia is established, I mean, as is Nikki, so it really doesn't matter who wins here. It's really only a matter of who you think should win. And I think Nikki Bella wins here to kind of, uh, either whether she goes after the championship of Mania, which I don't think is the plan, like I said, or if she goes on to be involved in an intergender tag team match with Cena, Miz, and Maurice, as has been rumored. Um, but either way, I do see her winning on Sunday. Yeah, I I think she wins, and I think she's, you know, there are questions out there of what her future is going to be like. Whether she she retires or takes takes time off, uh, not knowing what she's what she'll be doing at WrestleMania. Even the the rumored card has her and John Cena against the Miz and Maurice. I mean, you know, we'll get there down the road, but I think I think she wins on on Sunday, and I I like the the promo. Or the back and forth interview that 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 they did on SmackDown, you know, where Natty said like, mm-hmm. if, if John Cena was single, he'd be going after me or whatever. Paraphrasing, but I think it adds to a, a, a different dynamic of, of what's going on. But um, the match could be good. It could be like you said, it could be a dud. We don't know if that's on the main card or the pre-show. Um, but I think Nikki goes out on top, and you know, the questions will will come out of. What do you? What is Nikki going to do at WrestleMania and, and, and post WrestleMania? Is, is she going to retire? Is she going to take time off? And, and you know th- that that remains to be seen. But um, I think she wins on on Sunday. Then again, what do you do with you know with, with with Natty after that? Does she get back into the title scene? Does she do something different? I have no idea. 
For me, really, Natalia is an enhancement player. She doesn't really need to be involved in any prominent program whatsoever. She's a good worker, but she's been in the company at this point for like nine or ten years. Like, she's been here long enough. I think if they were going to try to push her in a title contention, they passed that point years ago. I know they tried to do it last year, and no one cared when she feuded with Charlotte over the championship just because no one really buys her as a threat anymore. Uh, turning her heel last year, I think, was the best thing for her. She's a way better heel than she is a babyface, in my opinion. Um, but at this point, no one really cares. I think Nikki going over is the right thing, kind of going to WrestleMania with her either retiring, chasing championship, whatever it might be. With Natalia, again, she, I assume she'll just kind of be there like Carmella is right now. Like she lost to Nikki and then went on to do this old James Ellsworth thing. I don't know what you do with Nikki. It's not like she's that top of a priority that I really care. So beyond this feud, I believe this won't be the end of the feud. I'm sure they'll wrap it up on SmackDown at some point between Chamber and WrestleMania, like a no-DQ match on SmackDown or something. But beyond that, I don't think they have much in mind for Natalia on SmackDown. And now we get to the match that I know you've been waiting for, Graham, the Tag Team uh, Turmoil Tag Team (laughs) title match. Um, American Alpha, The Usos, Brizongo, The Ascension, Rhino and Slater, and The Vault Villains, Tag Team Turmoil match for the Tag Team Championship. Um, I think Alpha retains. No reason why anybody else should win this match or walk into WrestleMania as the Tag Team Champions. Um, You know, pretty much. I think, you know, before you answer that, it seems like they pretty much fit everybody on SmackDown into this pay-per-view. If you look at it, it's like 30, 30 people. It's like the entire SmackDown roster is on this card. Um, but to put one, two, three, four, five, six teams in one match, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the multi-tag team, six-on-six, twelve-man tag matches or whatever it is. So, um, I'll watch it, I'll see it, but I think Alpha walks out as champions. What about you? Yeah, I'm fine when they do it once in a while, but when they do it all the time, and I think even more over than that, when they do it with like six teams that don't really mean anything, that's when it kind of gets to the point where I don't care. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of American Alpha. I like the Usos, but Slater and Rhino, they have done nothing to keep those guys relevant since they dropped the belts two months ago. Vaudevillains, Brazongo, fucking Ascension, they all speak for themselves. No one cares at this point. Uh, so I'm sure the match will be a dud. If there's any match to move to the kickoff show, I would move this to the kickoff show over Ziggler, Cruz, and Kalisto, just because I feel like, despite it being a title match, um, half these teams don't mean anything. If that, that might be generous. That might be just me being generous. So, um, that being said, American Alpha have to go over. But I will say the one positive of this match, the fact that they're doing it now, which might mean that if they do this on the Chamber pay-per-view, then they won't do it at WrestleMania, which they usually do, like I said, to get everyone in the fucking show, which is stupid because no one cares about half these teams anyway. And we always see every single year some sort of like multi-team tag team title match, which they might do for Raw, I'm sure. But for Smack, and I hope they do like American Alpha versus Usos, straight up a few they never really blew off a couple months ago, um, who worked very well together. But as far as this match goes, American Alpha has to go over. And then beyond that, I would love to see some sort of team come together to face American Alpha at WrestleMania. I don't know if there's enough match spots left in the Mania card, because the rest of the card is pretty much stacked at this point with like at least nine or 10 matches that would take precedence over a SmackDown tag team title match. But even if it's on the kickoff show, like American Alpha versus the revival, where I threw out there a couple, a couple weeks ago, um, American Alpha versus world's greatest tag team, which I'm sure won't happen. I don't know how far Benjamin is in terms of how far of where his combat is from injury. I don't know what the hell Charlie Haas is doing nowadays, but those are a few ideas. But in terms of this match, I do have American Alpha going over. Um, it really makes no sense to have the championships in any other team right now other than them. So what's the what's the best scenario for American Alpha at, at WrestleMania? If they, if they well, even have a match. Aired- you, can get, you can go ahead, sorry. No, I'm saying what's the best scenario for American Alpha in the event they do have a tag team title match at, at WrestleMania? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Revival will be busy for the near future. It was teased on Wednesday's NXT. They're going back after the NXT tag team titles, which I'm sure was not the plan mm-hmm. um, before TM61 got hurt, because I know they're going to do Revival TM61 as a mini feud before one of them got hurt. That's not happening. And I assumed we would get Revival on the main roster sooner rather than later, which is not happening anytime soon. So 
I mean, American Alpha weren't even at the Rumble. Like, they have not been, they have not yet competed on an actual pay per view since they got called up, if you can believe that or not. They've been in like a hundred kickoff show matches, but they have never been on the actual show. So I hope that changes. I mean, obviously that changes on Sunday at Elimination Chamber unless the match is bumped to the kickoff show again. Um, but at Mania, I don't know really what the best case scenario would be until, unless like the Revival pull double duty or they bring back a tag team from the past or the fucking headbangers or something, which does not appeal to me at all. Um, I don't know what you do with these guys at WrestleMania. The headbangers, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the freaking headbangers. I mean, uh, if... I'm trying to see which which of the tag team championships has a better chance of having a match at WrestleMania. Is it Raw or SmackDown? Or could we just have a match where non-title, you take the club, then you take them against American Alpha and have like your cross-promotion match, but no titles are on the line? Yeah, I would want to see that. Like I said, there's really not many other options. I feel like that's more of a WrestleMania match with a grand supremacy on the line between Raw and SmackDown as opposed to like Usos and American Alpha Part 7 or American Alpha versus, you know, Brazongo or whatever. I think it would be better if they did uh, just straight up American Alpha in the club. As you said, Raw and SmackDown the match would be great. Even on the Raw side, like what tag team title match you know, stands out to you as a WrestleMania-worthy match? There's really nothing. I mean, they kind of run through every other match they could do because even on the Raw side, the division's depleted right now. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, I'm sure it would end up on the kickoff show, but who cares? I mean, like, at least they're at WrestleMania. So that's what I would want to see, as you said. Uh, American Alpha versus Club at WrestleMania 33. Or they can always be they can always be put in that battle royal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll be tossed out in like five seconds by Big Show or Jack or something. You know, I, I'm looking forward to that. Randy Orton, Luke Harper. Uh, this match was... was just got put on uh, on Tuesday. Did not know that Randy Orton was going to be on the card, but he gets Luke Harper. They got a little feud going on, and you know Luke is kind of exiled from the Wyatt family. Um, Randy Orton, Luke Harper. I think uh, this one could be. It, it, it may not be as easy as it might sound because I'm like, wow, you know, if Luke Harper can go over, I I do see that happening. But it's like, all right, why would you have Orton lose to Luke Harper? And then, I mean, I know he'll be the contender at WrestleMania for the belt. Um, I mean, it can go either way. I won't be shocked if Luke Harper was to win. But if they're teasing a possible Bray Wyatt winning the championship at Chamber and then going up against Randy Orton at WrestleMania, um, I guess, I mean, again, that's only a rumor. That might happen, but... Um, I guess somehow you got to make Randy look strong or Luke look strong uh, at at Chamber. Uh, who do you got? I mean, for me, I think it's pretty predictable that Orton's going over, which I don't have a huge problem with just because he is challenging for the championship of WrestleMania, so it makes sense for him to go over as opposed to lose to Luke Harper of all people. And they've never really had full faith in Harper to be a breakout single star, but I hope it changes on Sunday. The way that I would book it, Orton wins – but only after a strong showing from Harper. I mean, they had a great match a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. Harper looked good in defeat. He knows Orton better than anyone at this point because they've been on the same side for months now. Um, so I hope he looks credible in defeat with a great match on Sunday. And then, as I've said to you before, what I would do, I would have Luke Harper lose here. Um, it seems like, as opposed to doing a whole fucking swerve where the Wyatt family's still together with like Luke, with, with like Luke rejoining Bray. I mean, I guess that's one idea, but I think Luke Harper has enough traction at this point as a babyface. And as I said yesterday in an article for Hidden Remote, I feel like he can really break off on his own, and he should emerge from this feud of the Wyatt family as a breakout babyface. So I would love to see him in Brayanania and Orton challenge AJ Styles. If Styles, that's kind of my prediction. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. I would love to see AJ win the chamber match um, and then face Orton in Mania, then do Bray and Harper. I think that'd be a great Mania match you know, for both parties. But I don't see that happening. I do see Orton winning here. Harper winning would be huge, but they have yet to give him a really big win up to this point. So I do see uh, Orton going over, but hopefully after a strong showing from Harper. And of course, the WWE Championship inside Elimination Chamber. Uh, John Cena walking in as champion against The Miz, Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, and Bray Wyatt. Um Trying to find scenarios. Well, for, first of all, we'll, we'll break it down like this. 
if you had to rank the possibility of somebody winning, who has the who who do you think is at the bottom? Who has the least chance of winning or who who is the guy you say, you know what, I know for a doubt this guy's not winning? Well, obviously Dean Ambrose. I was going to say Baron Corbin, but obviously not Dean Ambrose just because he's currently in possession of the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, he had star power to the match. He has history with like pretty much everyone involved in this match. Um, but there's no way that he comes out of this thing a dual champion. Okay, now we'll break it down like this. If Dean does not walk out as champion, which I think he won't, what happens with him and the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania? Do we do we get that stupid multiple man ladder match? Is there somebody he can <laughs> fight one on one? Maybe a triple threat. I mean, I'm not a fan of the the, the triple threat matches when you're gonna probably have a, a more multiple person matches on the card. But what's the insight for the Intercontinental Championship? Because with the Miz, it seemed a lot more clearer when he when he when he had the belt. It was Dean Ambrose. It was it was Dolph Ziggler. It was, uh, you know, a little cameo from, from Apollo Crews. So you kind of knew where the, the belt was going. Now with Dean Ambrose, it's like, all right, he's, he's a champion. You know, it, it, it's kind of like Reigns being the, the U.S. champion. He has the belt, but it's like, what the fuck are you doing with it? <laughs> <laughs> I think with Ambrose, he's better off, obviously, with the IC title than Reigns is with the U.S. title, just because I think the Ambrose, they view him as that guy, like that upper mid-card lower main event level guy as opposed to being the WWE champion. I think he's perfect in this role. Um, but I've said this for a couple of weeks now. I think the Mania match could, should, and will be Ambrose versus Corbin. They teased it a few weeks ago on SmackDown when Miz and Ambrose happened in that Lumberjack match right before the Rumble. Um, they're both involved in the chamber. I expect Baron Corbin to eliminate Dean Ambrose to set him up for a nice title match at Mania. And that's where Baron Corbin goes over getting his first singles championship in WWE. So that's a match I think will happen. And that's what I want to see happen in WrestleMania, Ambrose versus Corbin one-on-one. All right, so who um, who do you have winning this match? Are you, are you leaning towards Cena retaining? Are you leaning towards the rumored of Bray Wyatt winning, winning the championship and going on to WrestleMania against Randy Orton? What does your gut say about this match? Well, I mean, as you said, from least likeliest to most likely for me, the likelihood of each guy, the least likely, I have to say, Dean Ambrose. Then I would put Baron Corbin because I see those two feuding. I mean, Baron Corbin would be a huge upset. He won on Tuesday, which was great, but I don't see him winning this match, at least not right now. Those two, then I would put, uh, who else is involved? Bray, Cena, Miz. Then I would put Miz. I don't think Miz is winning. You never know, but I don't see Miz winning. Uh, Miz and Ornamania, I'm not really a big fan. We've seen that much, you know, a bunch of times before. And then for the top three, I would put Cena in this order. Cena, Styles, and I think Bray wins. And I want AJ to win. I think AJ is honestly a better chance than Cena because you know they would be downright dumb to do Cena Orton again in the fucking mean event of Mania for the belt uh, for the millionth time. So I don't think that's happening. I think pretty much what is confirmed is Cena is not regaining the title because they cannot do They just did it on Tuesdays. They're not doing it again. Uh, So it really comes down to AJ and Bray. I think AJ should win, as I said earlier, to set up Orton and Styles in a fresh match for Mania. But I think Wyatt wins. And I say that as a bad thing, but it's not. I mean, it's cool that he's getting the belt. I just think that Bray's going to go on and lose the championship to Orton at WrestleMania after a match I don't think is going to be very good because their No Mercy match was not very good. They're just way better as allies than they are as opponents. Um, I'm just not a big fan of that direction. It's cool that Bray Wyatt gets a big match at Mania. But he loses for like the third fucking year, not in a row, because he wasn't even on the show last year. That's all their discussion for another day, another rant for another day. But yeah, I do see Wyatt winning here, but the person I want to see win is AJ Styles. So I'm trying to see where, you know, it'll lead to my next question, where I saw a, a rumored WrestleMania card. And again, it's all rumored. We have no idea if it's going to be 100% legit. But if, you, if you're trying to break down the, the chamber participants of Cena, Miz, Dean, Corbin, AJ, and Bray. Those six would get broken down to WrestleMania where Bray would, would win. He would get Randy Orton one-on-one. AJ Styles, if he if he doesn't win, the rumor is he'll get, oh man, Shane McMahon at, at WrestleMania, which, which, which is a match that we both don't want. Um, but I think they might or might have started planting the seeds for that because AJ wanted a one-on-one rematch for the belt. He told Shane, I want a rematch, but not in the chamber. I want one-on-one, not with, not with five other guys. So you still have that storyline 
playing out. Baron Corbin, you said Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin could go at it for the IC title. So, boom, that's your match right there, maybe. And then the rumor of mm-hmm. John Cena losing but then going into a tag match with Nikki Bella against The Miz and Maurice. I mean, I'm trying to figure out if, if that's the way they're going. I want to know why. And is it because the fact that Nikki Bella could be on her way to retirement and, and, and just might need John Cena right there next to her to kind of, I mean, Graham, I'm trying to figure out why, why would they put this match? If it goes that way, will you include Maurice and, and Nikki Bella? Maurice hasn't fought in, in God knows when, but can you try to make sense of why would they, why would they put that on the card? If indeed they go that route. I mean, from the SmackDown side of things, there's really not many more obvious matches for Cena. I mean, like I said, you could do him and Ambrose, him and Corbin, which I would be totally fine with, but it doesn't seem like that's the direction they're headed. And as you said, the match looks like they're setting up is him and Nikki versus Miz and Maurice, which part of me is almost okay with, just because I'd rather see that than fucking Cena and Ziggler for the millionth time. I mean, even Cena and AJ would take over Cena and... Cena and Nikki versus Miz and Maurice, because I think Cena and AJ, again, would be amazing and like a last man standing or an Iron Man or whatever. Um, but why they would do it from a storyline standpoint, I could see them set up something here where like Miz takes out Cena with help of Maurice. And uh, in terms of why they would do it, if they need like some sort of big moment. I don't know if it's like Cena proposing to Nikki, like for, a, you know, it's all for total divas. But not only that, they've really been like on thick for the past couple months that Nikki and Cena are in a relationship. And prior to like October or so, before Nikki's feud with Carmella, they never brought that up. I mean, obviously, because Nikki was the heel and Cena was the baby face, but now that she's finally faced, they've been teasing that feud for fucking months now. They've been teasing doing that at Mania. So I only imagine once they eventually do that, um, it's only to pair them up and set up something for down the line just because they've been talking about it. Like they talked about it on Talking Smack on Tuesday too, setting up that match for Mania, an intergender tag team, and Cena was like acting all... Um, concerned about Nikki after she was attacked by Natalia, so I assume that's the direction they're headed in. I don't know how they explain it in storyline, but I assume it's just to set up something for Total Divas because I don't know what else you do with Cena otherwise because Samoa Joe's on Raw. I think a match that would make sense and a match that I think me and you and fans would enjoy is, okay, Bray Wyatt wins. Okay, great. That means Bray Wyatt wins but not pinning John Cena at Chamber. All right, boom. Randy Orton is already in the title match. So you do uh, Bray versus Randy. John Cena can say, hey, I never lost a belt. Like, you, nobody pinned me. It was a multi-man match. Graham, you you know how they do this. I, I never got pinned. I want a rematch. Then AJ Styles said, hey, I want my fucking rematch because I, ne- I, I mean, I, want, I never got my one-on-one back with John Cena. Then... Can you make this into a, a triple threat or fatal four-way where, all right, Bray got the belt, but then he he has Randy, he has Cena, and he has AJ in one match. Would that be a more compelling match, whether it's either Cena, Bray, and Randy, or all four, as opposed to Bray and Randy one-on-one? Yeah, that would be way more compelling. I think for everybody involved, because it saves us from the Orton-Wyatt match. It gets AJ something meaningful to do, and I think he deserves to be a part of that title match. Even if it's elimination and he's the first one gone, at least he's involved in a marquee match and maybe for a championship. And him and Shane, I mean, it might be a fine little wrestling match, but as a marquee match, you know it's going to go on like second or third on the card behind everything else. So I really, really hope that's not the case, as has been rumored. Um, but yeah, even for Cena, I think it's a nice little win-win and him being involved in the championship match. So, and I mean, I'm not traditionally a fan of them doing like triple threats in Fatal Four Ways and Mania, just because we've seen a whole bunch in the last like five to ten years. But when they're done right and considering the alternatives, I would totally be in favor of it in this case. Nine weeks, nine T-shirts, nine epic moments. Homage.com is officially on the road to WrestleMania. It is the showcase of the Immortals. It is the grandest stage in sports entertainment. It is WrestleMania. Every Monday over the next nine weeks, they will introduce a new t-shirt commemorating the matches, the wrestlers, and the memories of the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment. From the Savage Steamboat Classic to the Boyhood Dream Coming True, they've curated a collection of your favorite WrestleMania moments. They start off with WrestleMania 1 from March 31st, 1985, MSG, 
the time and place of an event that would not only shape the WWE, but the world of sports entertainment as well. Now, WrestleMania 3, March 29th, 1987, the Pontiac Silverdome. Over 93,000 fans that made up the largest wrestling audience ever at that time. While many were there to see Andre the Giant famously get body slammed by Hulk Hogan, they left most impressed by a different match that night. A showdown for the Intercontinental Championship between Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Log on to homage.com for more details. We're chatting with Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report here on the Cruise Control Podcast. Two out of three falls. You can find him on Twitter at Russell Rant. He's a host of Russell Rant Radio. Um, speaking of that that Roman WrestleMania card, um, real quick, we have if he's healthy, Seth Rollins, Triple H. Uh, I think that's that's more than likely to happen. Shane, AJ, a match that I don't want to see happen. Brock Goldberg for the <laughs> Universal Championship. Um, Fatal Four Way, Charlotte Bailey, Sasha Knight, Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Miz and Maurice against John Cena and Nikki Bella in an a intergender tag match. KO and, Jer- and Jericho, not sure if it's for the U.S. title. Reigns and Taker, the Battle Royal, Shaq and Big Show, maybe Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. Out of all those matches, what's the percentage that you see that, that Roman WrestleMania card happening? A pretty decent amount. I mean, other than maybe like the next tag team match and other than maybe AJ Shane, which seems like it will happen, even or even Big Show and Shaq, which has yet to be set in stone by the company. I know Big Show and Shaq have been teasing it for a while, but that does not always necessarily mean it will happen at WrestleMania. Um, it seems like a lot of those matches are set in stone, Reigns and Taker, as much as I don't want to see it, unless it's the catalyst for a Reigns heel turn. Seems like it will be happening at Mania based on what we saw at the Rumble. Owens, Jericho, you know, is happening, whether it be I mean, for a championship or not, if it is for a title, it will be the U.S. title, probably, as you said. Um, Goldberg and Lesnar, I have no doubt in my mind at this point, I'm pretty much just kind of coming to terms with that it will be over the Universal Championship, which I'm not thrilled at at all, but it seems like that will be the plan going forward. Um, Bray and Orton seems like they are setting up for Mania for the WWE Championship. So a lot of those matches, I would say maybe 80% of the card you just mentioned is probably set in stone for the show. But as we know, anything is set in, you know, anything between now and Mania can always change. Um, even Rollins and H, which it seems like, as you said earlier, Rollins could be clear to compete by Mania, he was hoping. At last word, that's what I heard. Um, so I hope he is ready to wrestle by Mania. But it seems like majority of those matches, especially on the Raw side, will more than likely be happening at WrestleMania, which I'm not exactly sure how to feel about that. I mean, we've had Manias in the past with, like, lackluster cards on paper, like Manias 30 and 31, um, that it was not all that much, very much looking forward to going in, but they ultimately exceeded expectations. So I really hope WrestleMania 33 can be that, you know, as good as, if not better than those WrestleManias and kind of exceeding all expectations and being a great show. Now, what plans do you think they have for Samoa Joe at WrestleMania? You know, he got called up last week. He, you know, you know, not on purpose, hurt Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins are going to be out at least eight weeks. Um, what do you do with him? Is, is he just more in the Battle Royal? Does he get a Braun Strowman? Does he get somebody else? Or do you see him not even being on the card at WrestleMania? I mean, I hope he does wrestle. I mean, even if, I mean, if he's not wrestling and he's just in the corner of Triple H and Mania against Seth Rollins, even that I'm okay with just because he's a part of a prominent match. So even like that, I'd be partially okay with. I would not put him in the Battle Royal. I mean, even if he wins, I mean, I feel like that just kind of labels he was a loser. So I hope that doesn't happen. I know I said that with Strowman earlier, but I don't know. Joe just came up. So to put him in that match, to me, feels like a waste of Joe. Um, I know people have pitched. If they still don't have any plans for AJ and they don't go with my idea of putting the belt back on before Mania and then doing AJ and Randy, I would love to see a brand versus brand match, Raw and SmackDown match, where Joe represents Raw and then AJ represents SmackDown. And you can turn AJ face at some point between now and then. Um, I feel like that would be a great match. You know, that was a match that was rumored for WrestleMania a couple months ago that we talked about here on the show back in like December. So uh, if they book it that way, that would be a great match. Or even Cena and Joe. I mean, I know they're not on the same show anymore. Or Joe is not rather on SmackDown, but they could still do a brand supremacy match between the two. So, I mean, there's a couple of different options they can go in. But if he's not on the show at all, I'd be shocked. Just because his first night in the attack, Seth Rollins, 
second night on Raw, he beats Roman Reigns in the main event. So if he's not even on the show, and like in any form or fashion, like not even you know aligning with Triple H against Seth Rollins in their match, I'd be shocked. So I assume he will be a part of Mania in some form or fashion, even if he's not wrestling. Last one before I let you go. Let's talk about the possible plan for the Universal Championship. Right now, Kevin Owens is still the champion. Goldberg appeared on Raw on Monday and basically challenged him to a match at Fastlane, which will be in March, uh, for the for the for the title. And basically, Jericho answered on Kevin Owens' behalf, not not giving the answer Kevin Owens wanted to give. But we got Goldberg, Kevin Owens, Universal Championship. Again, from what we've been seeing, the rumor is Goldberg is going to walk into WrestleMania as the Universal Champion and defend it against Brock Lesnar. Um, give me the pros and cons of Goldberg walking into WrestleMania as the, the, the Universal Champion against Brock Lesnar. Is it more pros, more cons, or does the match even need the belt or do you feel like at this point the belt needs someone like a Goldberg um, on, on their shoulder? I think my thoughts on this are pretty well documented. I wrote a whole article about it for Bleach Report on Tuesday, but um, I mean, I'm firmly a believer that this match does not at all need the championship. I mean, as you said, does the belt need a guy like Goldberg? That's a very valid point. And any other point in the year, I'd probably be open to it. Um, but at this point, as I you know established months ago, if you do this match with the belt of Mania, who walks out of Mania as champion? Like regardless of who it is, whether it's Goldberg or Lesnar, and apparently Goldberg's not resigning as a wrestler, like he's not doing any more dates. Maybe he signs as on um, as an ambassador or whatever. Um, but even beyond, even if Lesnar takes the belt back, which is fine um, in any other instance, but Lesnar he's working like every RAW between now and WrestleMania, which I assume means we will not be seeing him anytime after Mania until like fucking SummerSlam. When they did it the first time when they put the belt on him and he was gone for like six or seven months and he rarely defended the championship, it was almost okay because he was the most legitimate guy in the company. And the case can still be made that he still is the most legit guy in the company. Um, but he was fresh off breaking the streak. You need the championship on Lesnar. Whoever beat him for the belt would benefit as Rollins did when he won that triple threat at WrestleMania 31. But at this point, so much time has gone by. Lesnar's still legit, even the fact, you know, despite the fact he looked like a loser in the Rumble, he looked like a loser at Survivor Series, he was a loser at Survivor Series, but you won't be seeing Lesnar until at least SummerSlam. And we have the brand split now where it's not like you can flip-flop another world title on Raw because they're not going to have a world title to buy for for like four or five months. And they have pay-per-views every single fucking month. They're going to go at like three or four months without a world championship on the show. Like, again, the first time I was okay with it, doing it again, to me, makes no sense. You don't have the crutch of a Money in the Bank winner cashing in because there is no current Money in the Bank winner. Ambrose cashed in that same night when he won it back in June. So you don't have that going for you either. I just don't understand why this match needs the championship just because, I mean, even Owens and Jericho, I wouldn't want them to kick off the show for the Universal Championship, but if they could put it higher up in the card, if not the main event, I think that's perfect. I just feel like with Goldberg and Lesnar, it's a big enough attraction on its own. You know Lesnar's probably going to win, and you know they're not going to wrestle more than a fucking five-minute match. So what's even the point of putting the belt on these two at Mania or on either one of these guys before WrestleMania? I'm just not a fan of this at all. And at this point, too, at this point, come Fastlane, you know you, you, you know that Goldberg has to win just because you know he's going to squash him in a minute, and he kind of has to just because Brock lost to Goldberg in a fucking minute and a half at Survivor Series. How would it make sense for Owens to last any longer than Brock did? You know, in like November, that would make no sense. And Lesnar already has his match with Goldberg at WrestleMania, so it's not like oh, I screw over Goldberg, I get my match at Mania. They already confirmed it for the card, so Lesnar would be an idiot to screw over Goldberg because he knows that if Goldberg wins the belt, and he can beat Goldberg for the belt at Mania. So you can't even do that. So I feel like there's no way out of it at this point. Goldberg is winning it fast, and I would say in under a minute or two at most. And we are getting Goldberg and Lesnar regrettably at Mania for the Universal Championship. And you know what's so funny, Grant? I was just going to ask you, like, what if Brock Lesnar just came out there and costed Goldberg the title? And Goldberg, you know, he's upset. He's furious. He wants... I mean, he already told Brock he'll fight him, he'll fight him at WrestleMania. But like you said, if Brock made Goldberg lose, he's putting him in a spot where... You know, uh, I may not be champion. What if Goldberg was to win uh, against KO? Boom! I get him. At, I get him at, at WrestleMania. I could become champion. So me interfering, like you said, may not be smart, but him interfering could be smart in in a sense where 
you know, you got two victories over me. You you made me look like a damn fool, like an idiot at the Royal Rumble, beat me in a minute 26. I'm not allowing you to be champion. And then maybe that maybe that'll save Kevin Owens uh, for the fact that now he can walk into WrestleMania as champion and get that that Y2J match for the for the belt that they, a lot of fans uh, thought that they were going to see. Not j- not just a basic one on one match or even for even for the U.S. title. Um, but I think it speaks volumes where, you know, it, it could be detrimental where you get guys like AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, be, uh, you know, becoming champions, having the belt for five or six months being the anchors of the Raw and SmackDown. Then you get the part-timers like John Cena, you know, taking the belt off of AJ, maybe Goldberg taking the belt off of Kevin Owens. And it's like, you mean to tell me that AJ and Kevin Owens, who who, who has held the belt for at least, you know, quite a few months, for, you know, August, you know, September time, neither one of them can walk into WrestleMania as your champion. They both have to, they both have to lose the belt to a John Cena and to a, Gold, uh, a Goldberg, two established wrestlers of all time. Kevin Owens and, and AJ can't can do it. Does that kind of make you feel like they don't, I wouldn't say trust, but they just don't have enough faith in KO and AJ to really be the main event at WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, it just sends the wrong message, and it's not a newfound thing. I mean, this goes back. Years like you go back to 2012, they've been doing this. There has been at least one part timer involved in every WrestleMania main event for the past five or six years. Last year it was Triple H walking in as champion. The year before that, Brock Lesnar walked in the main event as champion. In 2014, Batista was a part of the main event at WrestleMania. In 2013, it was The Rock walking in as champion. In 2012, you had The Rock coming in the main event in WrestleMania. Even in 27, when it was Cena and The Miz as the WrestleMania main event, as mediocre as that was. They needed to trot The Rock out there to set up that match for 28 because Rock was the big star of that show. So they've been doing this for a long fucking time now. So it doesn't surprise me they're continuing to do it. But now even in this case, you're not having one part-timer involved in the main event. It's two part-timers. Um, even if Orton Wyatt went out, you know, went um, on the card, higher up on the card than this match, I'd be content. I just feel like a Goldberg-Lesnar two-minute WrestleMania main event is not going to satisfy anybody. Even if Lesnar or Goldberg wins, it doesn't matter who wins. People are going to shit all over by the time it's over because it's going to be a fucking two-minute WrestleMania event, a main event that people paid 60 bucks for on pay-per-view or paid hundreds of dollars to be in attendance for WrestleMania. So, yeah, I just think it sends the wrong message. And it, to me, I just want a year, I yearn for a year where they have a Mania main event where it's two active guys on the roster. I'm not saying like Rhino and Heath Slater. I'm talking about like an AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. Like, Really, wouldn't the casual fans buy something like that? I mean, AJ's so over right now, or EJ Roman Reigns. Like, what's wrong with that as a WrestleMania event? Or Kevin Owens and AJ Styles or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm waiting for the day again, as they did years ago, which they have not done in a long fucking time, for them to rely on two active members of the roster to sell the WrestleMania event. And if they continue to do this now, like next year, when Lesnar and Goldberg and all these other guys aren't around, who are they going to rely on then? Because like, these people won't be draws by that point. A guy like an AJ Styles or a Roman Reigns or a Kevin Owens, and they might be pushing it, but these are the years they should be main eventing, and they're not. So I feel like the over-continuance, uh, you know, overuse of these guys in the main event throughout the Mania is what's killing the current roster and is why they don't feel like stars. Real quick, what's the likelihood of... It, it, it's probably zero, but... You know, The Miz and Daniel Bryan on TV ha- have been going back and forth for quite some time. Um, it's very it's very compelling, uh, you know, TV, a very compelling storyline. Um, but it, to me, they it's like they're kind of teasing something where, not saying a match, but something where Daniel Bryan can be involved with The Miz, maybe at WrestleMania. A- 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 am I thinking too much or... Is there a small possibility that Daniel Bryan might do something at WrestleMania with The Miz? I mean, he should. I mean, I feel like all signs should point to a match at some point between these two. Maybe not one-on-one, but my idea for a long time has been um, that they will have some sort of surrogate for Daniel Bryan. And I always said AJ and Shane to me is a waste of AJ. Um, But Miz and Shane, I feel like, makes sense because they've had their run-ins in the past. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon are the co-owners of SmackDown, the GMs, the authority figures, whatever. 
Um, so a Miz and Chain match is an undercard match in Mania would be a way better use of Miz in the fucking tag team match. So I would be way, you know, way in favor of that over the uh, tag team match with Miz. So, uh, but other than that, unless it's like Brian and Miz one on one and Brian wins in like a minute, you know, kind of a repeat of the WrestleMania um, 28 finish where like Miz goes to kiss Maurice and he turns around and he eats a knee and Daniel Bryan wins the match or whatever. But even then, you know, the company can't really deal with the fact and promoting the fact that Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle, despite the fact they told people a year ago that he won't be wrestling due to concussions. So that's a whole legality issue. Um, so I don't think they're going in that, that direction. But I've always said that if they had someone represent Bryan like a Sheen or someone on the current roster, that'd be cool. Um, it just honestly does not seem like they're going in that direction for Mania. Now they're just teasing us for the sake of teasing us, which this company has done time and time again, which is unfortunate. It won't have an end game, and they're just doing it for the fuck of it. But if there's any place to blow it off, it would be at WrestleMania. Elimination Chamber this Sunday, Graham, uh, should be a great pay-per-view. I think SmackDown has been defeating Raw in their own little uh, pay-per-views since uh, the brand split. Uh, I, I don't recall one pay-per-view that SmackDown has lost to Raw. Uh, I think they won Backlash. They they won um, No Mercy. They had Survivor Series. Then they had uh, TLC with by far a, a, no Raw pay-per-views coming close to that. Um, so I think I think they're three and zero. I think this will be the first one in in the in the new year. So uh, I think SmackDown will will deliver another great pay per view on Sunday. I think so. As you said, all the SmackDown shows so far, Backlash, No Mercy, TLC, gradually getting better and better and better. Um, I think Chamber on Sunday is no exception. Three women's matches for the first time in a WWE pay per view ever, which is great. You can't go wrong with Elimination Chamber main event. Orton Harper one-on-one should be great. Ziggler, Cruz, Kalista was whatever, attacking title match, whatever. But overall, I think it's a strong card, and I'm looking forward to it. And SmackDown not uh, overdoing it with the gimmick. You know, uh, when, when Raw had Hell in a Cell, they had like seven Hell in a Cell matches, and we only have one Chamber match on Sunday, so great job by them. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I feel like there would have been a possibility had they done like just two chambers back to back with the women, and which I know we discussed a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad they're not doing that just because now they have three women's matches on the same show as opposed to just one with the women and one chamber match. So uh, yeah, I'm glad they're just doing one chamber as opposed to doing fucking two or three like Hell in a Cell with Raw did a couple months ago. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Wrestle Rant on Twitter, the host of Wrestle Rant Radio. Always a pleasure, man. Of course, Randy, thanks as always for having me on. Enjoy the snow over there, and I'll catch you down the road, brother. All right, man, take care.